Pandemonium Reigns. Yo, welcome to Pandemonium Reigns. Thank you for joining us. Mike, we're late coming to the people, but the good news with that is, is we've had a lot of time to think about Tennessee, Florida. Um, although we were, um, there was no alcohol in our system. We are of complete sober mind now. Emotions have subsided, and yeah. we've got a lot of Tennessee, Florida to talk about. But <clears throat> before we get into all the details and the nitty gritty, give me like a one word, one statement synopsis coming out of this 38, 33 victory over Florida. The, the overarching lasting one is relief. Um, mm. And that's because of, of the opportunity for as much bad as there were, there was at the end of that game. So the overarching one is relief. Uh, I could certainly make a case for pandemonium, um, <laughs> but overall it's relief because of the, the plays that Florida made and Tennessee did not make there at the end of that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's 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 dive into it. Um, <clears throat> let's start on the defensive side of the ball. Let's do it because I think there is well, maybe not more conversation there, but offense offense just was better, and so yeah. defense is is going to bring a lot of conversation. Uh, let's start up front. Let's start on the on the down linemen. Those guys. Um, I just want to start very quickly by saying, can we get Rodney a pay raise? <laughs> Many needs it. Um, and, you know, I think we've talked about this before, and I think Auburn is still contributing there um, as far as Rodney's financials. But, dude, can't – I mean, like, he's this – he's got to be your second highest paid person behind Josh Hopple. <laughs> because, I mean, the turnaround that we're seeing from a group that saw their, their position coach be fired mid-season a few seasons ago is just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And you can't even like there's really not many comparisons to Rodney Garner in terms of defensive line coaches. There are some. Right. And there's definitely some good ones, but he's so good. I mean, he's the MVP of the staff, I think. Um, you know, right up there with the offense and what they're doing. And pay the man. Pay Absolutely. him. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we had a lot of dudes rotate in and out on the defensive front. Uh, a lot of snaps for a lot of guys. Uh, anybody stick out to you there on that defensive front? I think you've your first one is Omari Thomas. I think he was the most consistent. Um, I, I'm still waiting to rewatch this game. I haven't had a chance on any of the re-airs this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I was of the opinion that Flor- and Florida and Tennessee, but specifically caught it with Florida, I feel like, with some holds that prevented guys from like Byron Young um, from his opportunities to get home. And he did make some plays, don't get me wrong. But yeah. Omari was pretty consistent. Um, I mean, just he's he's really becoming a solid player. I mean, really showing that potential that we thought he had coming out of high school. Absolutely. Uh, you can almost compare his um, emergence. Is that the right word? I'm not sure if that's the right word or not. His um, manifestation uh, to Matthew Butler of last year. Uh, I'm starting to wonder coming out of this Florida game for a guy like Omari Thomas, did he catch the eyes of some NFL scouts, some NFL franchises? Uh, because dude had a heck of a game. He sure did. I mean, and I think he had to, um, because he's it's between him and Byron Young, but those mm-hmm. guys are really playing their best ball. Yeah. Um, and Omari is his presence can be felt a little bit more because if he gets through in that middle, I mean. That I mean, that just causes so much havoc for an opposing offense. So 
Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. I'd say he's catching eyes. I'd say he's making himself money this season. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic for him because he's a Tennessee boy. So you'd love to see it. Yeah. Um, you'd have to think it translates well for future recruiting in Memphis and in those areas that Tennessee's not always recruited very well. Right, right, right. Uh, another name that I want to throw out there that I don't think is getting enough talk is uh, Bumpus. I think Latrell had a really nice game as well. Uh, I mean, overall, we, we accounted for 13 quarterback hurries. Yeah. So so Richardson got some pressure and we're going to we're going to get to this when we talk about the back end of the defense. Uh, but I thought Richardson was very elusive. Even, he was, you know, when he was under pressure, but we, we continue to bring pressure. And uh, something that I've had time to think about is we did not pressure or blitz Richardson the way that we did Slovis. Absolutely. Slovis, Slovis was we're going to we're gonna, if, if we lose, it's because we blitz too much. We uh, went full nuclear against Pitt. And yeah, and and I think we were rightfully scared to do that against Florida, because if you do that and you don't get home, then there's nobody to recover for his legs. If he breaks contain mm-hmm. or if he like he did all day, if he finds the open spot in the defense on that blitz, if it's over aggressive, mm-hmm. you know, we made them drive the field. And they did it. Don't dare get me wrong. The defense did not have a good day. Yeah. But we we did – I think the game plan was make them drive, make them put it together, make mm-hmm. them do it consistently, and they did. It's the yeah. first time they've really done that all year, mm-hmm. but they did. Yeah. I You know, uh, in regards to Richardson, I thought Richardson upped his play and played to the level that everyone thought that uh, he could coming into the season. Uh, we got a very good Richardson that Agreed. day and and it kind of is what it is but it, since we're on the topic of the uh, defensive front Richardson had 17 carries for 62 yards and as a team I think they just totaled uh what was this I think two, it was around 140 yeah 140 rushing. 141 when they were coming into the game on 220 yard average yeah so uh, our run fits were spectacular especially yeah. to have as many snaps as they did yeah, and they, you know, they outsnapped us. I know we want to run a lot of plays, but they outsnapped us by I think around fifteen. Don't mm-hmm. quote me there, but because you mentioned it, I want to. I just want to relay this. Richardson was their leading rusher. Yep. He re- he ran it seventeen times for sixty two yards. He only was sacked one time, so take that into consideration. That mm-hmm. sixty two yards is is fairly accurate. You're not losing a ton on sacks or anything like that. Yeah. Um, Etienne got the most carries of their backs, which I think says something it's only by one carry he only outrushed Naquan Wright mm-hmm. and Montreal Johnson Jr. by one carry right. but I think and and I had the expectation that they would hit at least one big run out of their standard mm-hmm. offense not their you know design quarterback runs or anything like that but I think they're I thought their standard run game would hit at least one big run if not have a big day mm-hmm. but they gave they Etienne, Etienne no they didn't they yeah. gave Etienne nine carries and the other two got eight carries um he, he totaled 35 yards with a long of 14. Wright was eight for 26 with a long of nine. And Johnson was eight for 18 with the touchdown that he did get. Mm-hmm. But his long was seven. Seven yeah. of his 18 yards came on, again on one carry. And, again, I can't say enough for the run defense. I mean, even Richardson getting 62 yards, he's just got big play potential with those legs. He, he's not showing it with his arm, and he did Saturday. But I think as well as Tennessee having not a great day defensively and in zone like we played, you something's going to happen. Something's going to give in this Florida game. Tennessee's yeah. found ways to lose it. Richardson rose at the moment, capitalized. But, again, Tennessee definitely has some things to clean up. But Richardson played to the moment that it was. Played a great game. 
Absolutely, and and credit to their offensive coordinator because I thought whoever he is called a heck of a game, did, did exceptionally well. Um, putting Richardson in some uh, run calls, uh, some some power runs, some some QB sweeps that were able to pick up first downs. Uh, but overall, defensive line, I'm, I mean, I'm happy with it. You know, I, I, th- yeah. I think I think I don't think we played to our ceiling. But Agreed. you know what? But it was it was good enough to get the job done. I'm I'm really pleased uh, with with the run defense. But let's move let's move back into uh, the the defense here and let's talk linebackers. Something that I want to point out very quickly before we begin: Aaron Beasley didn't get this start. You know, you and I were standing in the stadium, and I'm going, "It's Jawan Mitchell and it's Jeremy <laughs> Bakes. What is going on?" Yeah. My the only thing that I can think about is. Is is Jawan's top end speed better than Beasley's? Is his is his sideline sideline speed? Are they worried that Richardson's just gonna you know get out? Can is are they thinking that Jawan is the guy who can chase him down? Um, a little bit, a little disappointed in that actually because I I we've gone on here several times saying Aaron Beasley is that dude. Yeah. So, uh, but you know, needless to say, Beasley got a got a lot of snaps. Not like he didn't sure. play; he just didn't get that start. Um, so anyway, thoughts, linebacker, go. Yeah. Um, you know, Banks had a pretty solid day. I'm going to go ahead and clarify that's more against the run than the pass. Mm, Um, I do want to say, um, watching it real time, I didn't make much of it, but seeing highlights of the play where he got the hit on Richardson, I think Richardson threw this one away. He may have completed the pass. I can't remember, but he was lucky to avoid his, you know, token, 15-yard penalty that he's been known for. He's played a clean season so far, but right. he's been known for 15-yard penalties. He was lucky to avoid it there, in my opinion. Yes. Um, and I think if there's one area that the refs let the dudes play, it was in that after the whistle, approaching the whistle type realm of the game because God knows they they did call, you know, the holds and, and the other things. But everything else, they were pretty much lenient, let the guys play. Mm-hmm. Um, but, the, again, I think the linebackers were, I mean, how can you not say great against the run? A team that 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 goes over 200 yards against Utah, who's tough defensively, mm-hmm. Kentucky, who's tough defensively, and then you know not let's not even mention the USF game, but the the linebackers did well, I think, against the run. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to rewatching this game because I want to know, and one thing I'll touch on in a minute is all of the soft spots that Richardson was able to find in the zone. Just mm-hmm. the sit downs, it felt like, is how they mm-hmm. kept their offense alive. Was that on the linebackers? Were they not in the proper depth or dropped into the correct you know spot in the zone? Or were the were the receivers just making plays? And I know that a lot of it is on that on the corners as well and and the safeties. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know I don't I don't think anyone did spectacular against the pass. The defensive line had the best day against the pass, but they didn't get home enough, even though right. they did play well. Right. But I, I'm really looking forward to rewatching this game to see how the linebackers were against the pass because I just don't know how he found so many dudes where he did and, and how he did. Well, yeah, going, going back to what I said earlier here, he did a great job of eluding pressure. And, he did. And you know, he, he was able to find open receivers. Uh, putting this back into the lens of our side of the ball, we ran a lot of zone. And the reason we ran a lot of zone is because – regarding linebackers and secondary, it's all about your eyes. If you're running man, it's eyes on your man. If you're running zone, it's actually eyes on cue and trying to keep peripheral of, of the dudes in your zone, which tells me they were worried about Anthony Richardson taking off running. The problem with that is the, the how wide open dudes yeah. were. 
Absolutely. Uh, and an and, and inability to get there, uh, how easy it was for Florida receivers to find the soft spot in the zone and sit there for the extended period of time that they were able to sit there. Agreed completely. So um, linebacker play on, on, the, on the run defensive side, we're saying what everybody else has already said. Hey, we played exceptionally well. Our run fits were well. Uh, we, we had great gap assignment – or, uh, excuse me, great gap discipline – as far as the passing game goes, I'm, 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 I have to attribute this to we were just worried he was going to take off running. I agree. And, and, and we, oh, go ahead. Oh, oh no, sorry. I was just going to say, and you and I have heard from a very reliable source the way that Tim Banks plays the analytics game, yeah. the way that he, he's going to roll the dice based on what you've shown. Mm-hmm. And frankly, Richardson's legs were probably the greatest, they're, they're the greatest threat in this game. Absolutely. If, if he kills you with his legs, that, I mean, that's just debilitating. I mean, it is. So I think we saw Banks play the odds and the analytics game all day. I mean, like you're saying, he we made, and like I've said, we made Richardson find the soft spots. He did, mm-hmm. but he's not done that to this point of the season. So right. some credit is due to him. Absolutely. Some definite cleanup for Tennessee to perform. But we we played the analytics game based on what Florida has shown who they are. Yeah. I think I think Banks Banks's idea here going to this game was – if Anthony Richardson is going to be us, it's going to be because he threw the ball because we haven't seen him do it yet. And we stuck to that to the very end. Agreed. And it, it showed in that final possession where we are 15 to 20 yards off the ball, which I hate. Oh, man. Defense. I hate previous defense, uh, especially when they're on our um, on our side of the field. Yeah. I, I, I was not in agreement with that at all. If you're going to play off, okay, play off, play off eight to 10 yards. 15 to 20, I was not a fan of. But anyway, I think that that shows us that that Banks was like, if he's going to do it, it's going to be because of his arm. Agreed completely. But you know what? Again, props to props to Richardson. He played well. He made some terrible throws. Yes, <laughs> and I was going to touch on this as well. Um, early in that game and in moments of that game, you know, I was saying things like, he's not good. He's terrible. Yeah. Just the misses that he did have. And I mean, heck. He was 24 for 44. That's that's not a good completion percentage at all. I mean, it's it's close to 50%, just above. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and one thing, I, again, going back on the rewatch that I'm excited to do is I don't know how he got – I made a, a joke in my notes, 4,500, 4, 450 yards. I don't know how he had 450 yards because it felt like it was just a game of check down, you know, 10-yard throw, pass the sticks. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm curious where those yards came from. And, and like, it adds up because you saw Pearsall – and shorter go over 100 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, like, if if a quarterback throws for 450, I'm thinking, man, he was just chucking it. It was bomb after bomb. You know what I mean? That's that's my takeaway if I see that number. But I'm curious where they came from because it doesn't feel like it adds up until I rewatch it, I guess. No, I get it. I mean, uh, Shorter had a long of 39. Pearsall had a long of 38. Henderson had a long of 22. Zipper had a long of 44. What a weird name, by the way. Zipper. Keon Zipper. Zipper. Uh, he, his long was 44. So they found chunk plays. They did. They uh, did. The problem for us, they found most of them on third and fourth down uh, on, the, on those critical down situations. Um, that completion, I believe it was to Zipper, the touchdown in the first quarter. I believe it was him. Yes, it was. I want Tennessee fans to hear this. Anthony Richardson makes a heck of a play by eluding a sack two or three times there. There there was there was multiple occasions where we could have got him down. Instead, he eludes it. He puts the ball on a rope 
to this guy. And then Kamal had misses two tackles. Yeah. And I think Trayvon got, got blasted and he finds his way to the end zone. Uh, but anyway, uh, talking about linebackers, you know what? Run defense, solid. Pass defense, that, that's, 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 uh, that's got to improve. And it makes me, <laughs> as we get into the secondary here, it makes me think that Jaden Daniels is going, mm-hmm, licking his chops. Like, yeah. about, about to put up some numbers right here. It makes me – I agree with that. And I think the, the LSU receivers are – Similar, but they're, they are different than Florida's. They have that speed that scares you. Mm-hmm. I mean, if Boutte, if he figures it out, if, if he puts it together, he, he could go off. I mean, he truly could. Sure. Now, my other question is going to be, and we've got a lot of time, we've still got 10 days plus here to think about it, is what tendencies, what analytical aspect is Tim Banks going to play to take away or try to take away mm-hmm. from LSU? Um, their run game is their true run game, handoff to the running back, probably doesn't scare me as much as Florida's, but Daniels, though he's not as big and imposing as, as Richardson, he may have a little bit more top end speed. So the quarterback run will be again, hugely important to take away Mm -hmm. and watch, but their receivers have a different level than, than I think those Florida receivers have. Um, But you, you can't let another team just sit there and throw at the sticks. You got to take that away, find a way. Yeah. So my concern going forward from here, as let's let's shift the conversation into the secondary. My concern going forward from here is, last year, Pitt ran this uh, half halfback toss pass. I remember what it was, where they they found a touchdown of that. How many times did we see that from 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 teams going forward after that happened? My concern now is, how many teams are just going to say, you know what, all we got to do is pass the ball to beat these guys. Yeah. You know what? Hey, if you're going to show us that kind of defense, we can get into these scoring matches, and it's it's either going to be whoever has the ball last wins, or we'll take this this puppy into overtime. Right? Absolutely. So let's, so let's talk about secondary for a second. Everybody in this world knows how atrocious atrocious it was. So I want to I want to ask two questions to you. First question is going into this game, had I told you that Anthony Richardson is going to pass for 453 yards, are you gonna are you gonna bank this as an L for us? Two. Is there any any positive out of our secondary coming out of this Florida game? If if you tell me that Richardson throws for 450, there's no way I can see that as a Tennessee win. I mean, I'm I'm seeing that as a beatdown. Oh, frankly. absolutely. Um, you know, I'm, maybe I, I take my mind to well, they probably didn't run well, or we had them playing from behind. But no, you can't tell me if this guy who's not passed the ball well throws for 450 that we're not getting killed mm-hmm. by that performance. Um, positives from the secondary, man, I, you know, I, I guess they did keep everything in front of them, but I, I still don't view that as much of a win because they, the, the throw was there to the sticks all day. Mm-hmm. Pitt killed us with that dig across the middle last year, you know, and, and teams passed well against us last year for the most part, but the only, the only positive that, and it's a reach, is that we kept things in front of us. We didn't give up the huge play other than the zipper 44-yard touchdown where missed tackles were an aspect, but mm-hmm. um, there's not many positives. I don't have many good feelings other than maybe with other teams, we, you know, we forced them. We, the quarterback's not able to avoid the pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the defensive line gets there like they did with Slovis, like they did with the backup there at Pitt mm-hmm. um, while blanking. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe the rush gets home and the quarterback's not as elusive 
um, is the only Patty, Nick Patty. Thank you. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. Mate, that's the only thing that I can really kind of jump back to, or maybe see as an improvement because yeah. I think personnel is what it is. And, you know, yeah, we're going to add D Williams to the mix at some point. Warren Burrell should get healthy at some point, but mm-hmm. you know, I think these guys are largely who they are. You said this on our first recording that these safeties are who they are. And, you were so right on that. I mean, they, they, they almost feel like they're playing a little bit worse than they have in the past. And I just can't figure out why that is. I mean, they're, they're veterans. They're seasoned. I just don't, I don't know, man. Well, a couple of thoughts on the safety since this, we're talking about it, you know, in the pit game, Trayvon flowers was a roller coaster, right? We he saw, sure was. we saw some greatness out of him and we saw some lows. I don't, I don't know what to say about Trayvon Flowers and Jalen McCullough coming out of this Florida game. That was, that was not good. No. Secondly, I want to thing I want to say about Jalen McCullough and uh, Trayvon Flowers is uh, Martinez, position coach. He's going with those guys. They got all the snaps. He's, he's going ride, with those guys. He's going to ride, ride or die with, 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 with Jalen and with, with Tank or Jalen and Tank, uh, Jalen and Trayvon. Uh, it's twenty. It's two, and it's one for for the rest of this season. I, we're Absolutely. not gonna, we're not going to see anybody else, and you know, barring injury, right? Yeah. Um. So as we shift conversation to the corner a little bit, you know, we saw a Christian Charles play, we saw Kamal Haddon play, we saw Turnage play, we saw Walker play, a lot of bodies. Okay, so a couple thoughts here. Um, I saw when these guys were running out of the tunnel uh, by one of our media guys that D. Williams was actually dressed. He was. I think he was a absolute emergency option. Okay. Um, but he was dressed, and, and it was reported initially, I think, that he wasn't dressed. He was not an option. But I do think he was maybe a last resort, like if guys are just dropping, you know, yeah. like, like we've seen before, that he could be an option. But other than that, I don't believe he was much of an option on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Second thing that I want to say about this is regarding Warren Burrell, we now know why he plays. Absolutely, we know why he plays. Um, and, and, you know, Haddon, probably his worst game since we've seen him get any playing time because, you know, last year he didn't get much playing time until the bowl game and, and later mm. in the season. Um, so I just wonder where he's at. You know, is it a confidence thing? Did he lose some of that confidence that he maybe had in that pit game? Because in the pit game, I thought he was pretty good. Yeah. Um, you know, it was mostly Burrell and throws over the middle that were hurting us, tight ends and things like that. And their run game was better than Florida's mm-hmm. um, overall, I think. But you know, I wonder where he's at because he's been probably the, the the bright spot for the corners to this point. I would say. Yeah. Uh, so so on this conversation, it, it, you just you just triggered a thought here in regard to the pit game. We were able to get home more. Yeah, we we landed some sacks. We we got a lot of QB hurries against Anthony Richardson, but we didn't get home. We got home one once, twice. One sack, one okay, sack, one sack. Okay, so that that speaks a lot. So even though the run fits were great for defensive line and and for linebackers, we didn't get home, and a lot of that reflected in our secondary. And Absolutely. I'm I'm not so sure, you know, what all attributed to that. You know, Richardson being elusive, you know, consistent pressure. I'm I'm not sure. However. Going forward, all of that has to be better because Jaden Daniels is a better passer. Uh, I don't know about top end speed compared to, to an Anthony Richardson, but he can move. All right, he sure can. So we're gonna have our we're gonna have our, our work cut out for us. So secondary overall, you know what? Not good. 
but they did enough to 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 get us a win. Agreed. And the defense does deserve a little bit of credit because early in the game, they created the opportunity for Tennessee to be up 10 or 14 to zero with the, the first, <laughs> the first fourth down was the only one that Tennessee stopped. That's not a plus, but again, they got Florida off the field because they were driving and Florida went for it. They were very aggressive. And I think that's because of Tennessee's offense. Mm-hmm. And I know Napier is an aggressive coach, but super Super aggressive on Saturday. I think that's because of Tennessee's offense Mm -hmm. Um, and maybe knowing that he's not going to get enough stops to win over four quarters. Um, So Tennessee does get them off the field on that first fourth down. Florida misses a long field goal on the second drive. Tennessee had its opportunities. There was a Princeton fumble. I know we'll talk about that in the offense, but the defense did just enough. Now, we would probably have a different vibe and feel for this game if Tennessee goes on to win by 17 or if they get that first down there on the last drive where – they were short on the fourth down there. We probably have a different feel for this defense, but they while they did do enough to just win that game, they were close to being able to create a 14 to 17 point win. You know, absolutely. And if that Florida kicker knocks down that field goal, you can't tell me that Napier goes for two, uh, those two occasions that he does, and we're looking at an entirely different ball game. So that missed absolutely. field goal was huge. For our, for our defense. So, uh, as we, sh- uh, as we, sh- before we shift to the offense here, give me a, I don't, I don't, do we, are we, do we want to call it a most valuable defensive player? Do we want to call it a most important, most impactful? Give me a name and, 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 and tell me why that guy was, let's go with most valuable on the defensive side. I think just again, and maybe until I rewatch this game, or maybe it's just the opinion or the, you know, the the commentary that I have heard, but I think it's Omari Thomas for me, man, because he was he was consistently just causing some type of havoc for that Florida offensive line that has created a good running game so far for them to this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, he was a part of some of those pressures. He forced a fumble on Florida's drive where they they turned it over in the red zone, I believe, or very close to the red zone if they were just outside of it. Mm-hmm. It's got to be Omari for me mm-hmm. um, just because of the consistency, I think. he's the top, That was the level of consistency that we need out of just a handful more guys to really have a very high ceiling with this team. Agreed. Uh, I, I agree, and I'm, I'm going to uh, uh, mirror that and say Omari Thomas. I think there was potential for another guy. But this guy just didn't get as many snaps. Now, Byron Young led us in QB hurries with four. Joshua Josephs didn't get near as many snaps, and he had two QB hurries. This dude, yeah. is, is he's impactful when he's on the field. I don't know why he's not getting more snaps. I think if he gets, let's say, 15 to 20 more snaps, which the snaps were there, the snap count was there, every opportunity was there for him to get snaps. Yeah. He just didn't get it for whatever reason. I would say if that was the occasion, it, we would be talking about him. I agree completely. Um, in, in fact, he was there in when Florida, they had a penalty on the kickoff. I think they started their drive from the four. He was very close to forcing a safety on that drive. Yes. Very close. I'm so excited to, to see that play when I rewatch this game. But Joseph's got a lot of playing time. Tyree West got a significant amount of playing time. I want it to be more. Don't dare get, get it twisted. I'm, I, dude, I'm excited for the future of this front because I was so worried, you know, coming off last season, losing Matthew Butler. He's your, He's your Omari Thomas right now, yeah, but he was the anchor. Maybe a, mm-hmm. Yeah, a step better maybe. Mm-hmm. But dude, they're proving that there are going to be options. I think, and credit to Rodney Garner, credit to the guys that are identifying these guys out of high school, like Joshua Josephs, like James Pierce, 
who we've not seen as much. But again, the fact that he'll be there when these guys graduate and leave, just very encouraging. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very, very. I, I, I want to just echo that. Very excited for those guys. And Craig McFarmont actually had this thought this morning. Aaron Beasley's going to have a COVID year, is he not? I believe he will. I can't, I can't, man, this is going to be one of those things that's so hard to keep straight just until these guys cycle out of, out of college rosters, but he may very well have a, a COVID year available. Um, it, that'll be fascinating to look at as the season, you know, comes a little bit closer to the end. Uh, who's got the year available, who doesn't, but I, he very well may. That could be huge for us next year if we can get an Aaron Beasley back, because right Absolutely. now I don't know that he's, he's, he's NFL draft quality yet. Yeah. Again, we're only we're week four, um, so a lot of football left to be played, a lot of time to prove himself, you know. But be, be massive if we could have him back. All right. Let's, Absolutely. Let's uh, let's talk offense. <laughs> uh, here's my one word synopsis. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So wow. Um, if you had told me under the Pruitt era, that if you will just hang on, there is one coming who is, <laughs> who, is who is greater. Just just hang tight. This guy's going to get fired, right? And there's one that is coming who is going to let it rip. I'd be like, fire him now. How much do you want, right? Yeah, can uh, I contribute? Take, take my money. Let's start a GoFundMe, you know. Uh, maybe maybe I should start an OnlyFans account. Just tell me, <laughs> just tell me what I need to do. I will sell my body. You know, let's let's get Pruitt out of here and let's get whoever he is. Let's get this guy in here. Let's start in the backfield. Okay. Yes. Uh, offensively, you and I both said, well, we actually we I mean we said this since Ball State we can't run. Yeah. We we can't run. But you know what? We ran. Outside, ran. outside of Hooker, we ran. Jabari Small was 19 for 90, a 39-yard um, uh, – uh, oh, my gosh, I can't talk. His long of, uh, was, was 39, averaging 4.7 yards a carry and had a score. You know, Jalen Wright didn't get as many touches, and he was good for two and a half yards per carry. But I thought his, his touchdown run looked aggressive. That was an 11-yard run. You know what? I, I like – like Jabari Small, like, and it, it, this game got me excited about him again because I was Agreed. coming out of the first three weeks going, Dad gummit. Yeah, I, man. Doesn't it absolutely. Figure? So, oh, absolutely. I was bummed about him. I was like, he looks like he maybe has lost a step. Um, he's not looking like he's going to reach those projections that we put. Mine was low. It was lower than maybe it should have been in the 800, 875 range, I think. Mm -hmm. But Jabari was a warrior, man. With that, with that shoulder that got deemed, no doubt, a week ago. And the shoulder that gave him fits all year, all year last season, was a warrior. Nineteen for ninety. That will, that'll do. You know what I'm saying? That'll um, do. I've been very critical. You've heard it. We talk about it often. I don't know if we have on here as much, but I've been very critical of Jalen Wright's vision. And even though he didn't contribute as much as Jabari Small, when I see those highlights and when I see the game from Section EE as we did a week ago. Mm -hmm. um, I thought the vision started to develop, especially on like that touchdown run that he made a quick decision. Brenton mm -hmm. Cox kind of forced it. Yeah. He was around that edge quick, but he made a quick decision, got his face mask tugged, did the gator chomp in the throat slash. It was a thing of beauty that will be in our minds on replays and highlights for years to come. And I think, I think it's possible that if, if he will apply that, he can really turn that corner. I think that vision took a small step. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Jabari was an absolute warrior. Absolutely. I want I want to comment just on this uh, Jalen Wright touchdown run just for a second because he enters into the end zone. He gator chops three times and then throat slashes. And less than two yards away to his left is the ref staring that down i want to looking re- it in yeah i want to recall everybody to 2017 when john kelly houses this uh screen which we round every third down that year <laughs> kelly houses it gator chops throat slashes 15 pers- yard penalty 15 yard penalty personal foul let's just let's just talk about this just for a minute that refing crew was trash. They were horrendous. on both ends, on both yes, ends for us absolutely. and for them. I thought they favored us a little bit more, actually, but they were bad and they were a special kind of bad, especially head referee. Agreed. I mean, the two touchdown reviews and like as bad as they were, doesn't discount Napier's freak out and 15 yard penalty and fresh set of downs. That does not discount that because. Frankly, this crap happens every week in mm-hmm. every game almost, yeah. and you don't see coaches melt down. Yes, you see coaches get fired up. I mean, you saw Hopple in the bowl game last year dropping mm-hmm. some not pretty words, as he should have, mm-hmm. but Napier had no excuse. But those reviews on Florida's touchdown from Anthony Richardson on the drive before mm-hmm. and on Jabari Small's touchdown that was reviewed and upheld as not a touchdown, absolutely horrendous. And that doesn't even address non-holds on both teams, I think. I'm excited. I'm if if I get a hankering, I may just chart those when mm-hmm. I rewatch this game because I think there were a lot of them. Yeah. And now Tennessee did have a couple called, took a touchdown back off of one. But yeah, absolutely, this this officiating crew was horrendous. Yeah, I want to I want to I want to make a I want to tell a little story here and I want to make a comment. So I'm standing at football practice on Monday with the high school and the position coach for the receivers is talking about placement of the hands, how you need to get them inside, basically up underneath the arm armpits and how we did a bad job last week of getting our hands outside. And he said, getting your hands outside is good for a holding call every single time we have to get our hands inside. And as he's saying this, I'm going, he must not watch a lot of college football because refs are trash. They sure are. Yeah. Just <laughs> bear hug a guy and maybe you'll get called. Maybe you won't. Flip the coin. I, I mean, uh, Talking about the – gosh, we've totally abandoned the, the, the topic of the backfield now we're on the <laughs> officiating. But talking about the officiating, and we do need to transition back, not only did Jalen Wright get in – or was it Jabari? Forgive me. Jalen Wright. It was Jalen. Not only did Jalen get in, his whole body got in, and then the two guys offensive linemen behind him got – And I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about the throat slash. That was Jabari Small. Okay, yeah, okay. On the play you're yeah, talking yeah, about. You're right, yep, yep. So not only did Jabari get in, his whole body got in, and two offensive linemen behind him shoving him in were across the plane. Yeah. I I, I just don't have words. I mean, my, you you know Jalen Wright's on the sideline going, yep, because he's thinking 2021 pit. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. All right, let's transition uh, back to the offensive side of the ball here. All right, so back to the offense we go because we could – I know that you, anyway, could harp on officials for a long time. Whole episode if you would like. <laughs> uh, listeners, my boy was mad. He was hot inside that stadium. And the officials had a lot to do with it. And, and Absolutely. Could be also be the uh, 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 – I'll about to say the officials, the Florida fans about three to four rows behind us. Love you guys. Don't miss it. <laughs> so um, – <clears throat> Let's move our way out. Uh, just, 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 uh, just capping very quickly. Jabari and Jalen. Hey, man, well done. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Like, better better game. Better welcome, game. Welcome to the season, right? So, um, <laughs> receivers. Wow. Wow. Right? Wow, wow. dude. So, uh, Brew McCoy is that dude, right? I mean. Absolutely that dude. I, I mean, wow. It's just clutch. I mean, the tough, tough grab on the touchdown before half. Tough grab. Now, I credit the scheme that we drew up on his 70-yard reception that set up. No, no, sorry. That was a different touchdown that it set up. But it set up points. Mm -hmm. Um, I credit the scheme and the execution. And I credit Florida doing what teams do when you're pressured like this. They had a lapse. Mm -hmm. And they had a couple on the day. But credit to Hooker for hitting that. Credit mm-hmm. to McCoy for taking it almost to the house. Um, very clutch performance. Over 100 yards for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to go ahead and drop this for you. Um, in his career, um, he had 13 catches, 211 yards, and two touchdowns at USC for Brew McCoy, okay? And like we just said, he had his first career 100-yard game at Tennessee this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's see if I can find his numbers I'm sorry. He had 21 catches for 236 and two touchdowns at USC. Okay. He has 13 catches for 211 and two touchdowns at Tennessee through four games. So he is 25 yards short. He has the same number of touchdowns on eight less receptions. Mm. And there were people criticizing this move, um, you know, asking, would he be like a backup to Tillman? Because he's a similar build. He's not as fast as Tillman, maybe not as explosive going up and getting the ball. But is he like a backup to Tillman? What is he? No, dog. He's got wide receiver one potential. Like, he's clutch. He is mm-hmm. physical. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't like to bring a guy like that down if you're a defender because he's bigger and he's plenty fast. Mm-hmm. Um, then we ain't even talking up yet about Ramel Keaton, dude. Well, hang on, because I have some comments on, <laughs> on Brew because Ramel – Ramel deserves some talking time. Sure enough. But but let me say let me say a couple things on Brew before we get to Ramel. Brew's top end speed is is not great. Right. Okay. Okay. Because if that is on his wide open reception where he gained the majority of his yards, if that's Tillman, definitely if that's Hyatt. Oh yeah. It's in the end zone. So his top end speed is not great. His hands are great. His wonderful. his burst coming out of his breaks are 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 quick. He he can come out of it, and he my goodness he is so physical. Absolutely, there, we need to be considering some packages. Maybe where he's more inside, not necessarily slot, but maybe off the the, the back hip of a Princeton fan or a Jacob Warren, where he can get a mismatch lineup because yes. he he is physical enough to hold a block. He 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 can block. Uh, if I, I guarantee you, if he's coached and coached well, he will be able to hold block just as good as our tight ends can. I would, especially if, if Ramel is going to rise the way that he did. Okay. Cause we can, we can line up, we can line up Tillman, Hyatt, Ramel, whoever on, on the outside and line up a Warren and a McCoy on the inside and, and get, create some mismatch looks for brew because brew is that dude okay his his touchdown catch credit to hooker for putting that where only brew could get it absolutely but brew i mean when you go back and watch this game watch how watch how 
fast Brew comes out of his break when he catches this touchdown. I mean, it's quick, okay? Absolutely. But Ramel Keaton, in my oh, mind. my gosh, Ramel Keaton. <laughs> in my mind, play of the game. Because if he doesn't catch this, 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 this Superman grab, right, we don't score. I, I, unless, you know, you know, Hopple works up something else. But yeah. he's the reason that we got in the end zone eventually uh, talking about Brew, who catches this touchdown to, 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 to cap off this drive. Dude, hey, man, we have said this on a previous podcast. This guy could have left. He could have been Absolutely. gone. You know what? But I, he, is, he is rising. He is – dude, I'm here for it. Our, our receiving room <laughs> – it's deep, bro. It's deep. And I, I'm sorry, I, this is going to take some of our time, maybe unnecessarily, but I remember watching the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills in the playoffs last year, and a wide receiver by the name of Gabriel Davis went bananas for the Bills. And I'm thinking, where's this guy from? Then I see that he's from UCF and was there when Hopple and Co. were down there. And guess what he did at UCF? He went off consistently. Mm. But I'm thinking, you know, didn't really know that guy. I've never really heard his name, and here he is going off in a freaking playoff game against the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Um, well, th- just guy after guy that haven't done much consistently, especially Cedric Tillman a year ago, Jalen Hyatt having a very strong season so far, making plays on Saturday, and then you got you lose a guy like Cedric Tillman who is so proven and so trusted mm-hmm. by his quarterback, and Ramel Keaton's like, I can, I can kind of do it too. <laughs> like you want, you want me to do it? He goes out and makes somebody said on Twitter the catch of the year. I'm sorry, the catch of the 2000s is what someone said on my timeline. Oh wow! And I'm thinking like, wow, dude, that's a great point. Like, yes, it continued that drive. It set mm-hmm. up the touchdown to Brew. Um, I mean, again, somebody that could have left Tillman had to be re-recruited by the staff. We've heard mm-hmm. when he, when they got here because he frankly wasn't used and was mm-hmm. had eight catches by the, at that point of his career. Just phenomenal job with these wide receivers. Whether these guys go consistently do these things in the NFL or not, this this works in college football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let, let me just piggyback off off Mel Keaton for a second. In 2019, four catches, 104 yards. In 2020, nine catches, 76 yards. Last year, seven catches, 72. He's got eight catches on the year for 183 yards. And you know what? We're, we've lost Tillman, right, after this year. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Hyatt will be back. Dear God, Rubicon McCoy will be back. But if not, Ramel's going to have another year because of COVID. Yeah, he's, he does have that COVID year. Um, and, and, like, we're getting hung up on this huge play, rightfully so. The, the catch was phenomenal. Securing the ball, not letting it touch the ground, phenomenal. But he had some very nice comebacks mm-hmm. and picked up a very clutch first down early in that game. I think first or second drive, it was like second and 16. He catches it short of the sticks, makes two guys miss for a first down. Just completely solid play out of this, these receivers. They're getting better. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to mention this. And, again, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm taking up time that we didn't plan on it. But You're good. I look back at, like, a guy like Javante Payton, all right? At Mississippi State, he had 28 catches for 372 yards and a touchdown in two seasons because he was a Juco kid. Mm-hmm. At Tennessee last year, he only had 18 catches, 413 yards, more than he had in two years at Mississippi State, and mm-hmm. six touchdowns. Like, they're building this up to where that's kind of the norm. Like, 
rebegin re your career. Hendon Hooker is a great example. Mm -hmm. um, receivers galore are examples. It's going to translate well in the game of college football. Absolutely. Absolutely. The only thing that I could criticize Ramel Keaton of so far on the year is I've said this about Hendon Hooker. He's just a bit light-footed. Get your feet underneath you, you know, be able to, yeah. to, to make some moves, make a defender miss, because he just doesn't really have that to his game right now. Yeah. But, man, what a, what a grab. I, I just hope going forward that catch by him creates confidence for him, and I would love to see him catch four or five balls in Baton Rouge next Saturday and, and build on his confidence. 100%. You know, and, and I, I feel, you know, going into this Florida game, we were like, oh, no. Tillman, oh gosh, oh gosh, oh gosh. Now it's like, we want you, but we don't have to have you. Yes, and this is the guy who two weeks ago got 18 targets on the road at Pittsburgh. Yeah. 18 targets. Yeah. And Hendon went his way time after time. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Hendon did a really good job at this game of not necessarily like, hey, and maybe this, maybe this is growth for Hendon, but mm -hmm. he's like not just looking one way or the other. You know, I think early in the game he was looking for those out routes to Hyatt and the tight ends. But, dude, he was he was spreading it around. The receivers were getting open, making plays after the catch. Just can't say enough about the growth there. And I'm with you. Losing a guy like Tillman going into the Florida game was just nightmarish, and we made the plays without him. Yeah. Think about this. If, if Ramel can continue this trend, if Hyatt can continue his trend, and Tillman comes back – my goodness. My <laughs> word, Harry, you can't defend that. I, hey, put nine in the box. I dare you. I, Please. <laughs> Please. I dare you. I dare you. And, and you know what? They Florida showed us a lot of single high safety looks and, you know, dared us to run the ball and run game came through. But it was like, you know what? They're throwing the ball everywhere. We've got to get back into a too high safety look. So, yeah, I just, I just hope – and I hope this is not wishful thinking that this is not even a ceiling for this passing game because it's, it's, it's nasty. It's so it nasty. So let's, 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 let's move to the position where it all kind of begins, which is the offensive line. We've got a, I don't know when the last time this, this, this has happened, but SEC offensive lineman of the week and Mr. Spragans dude had a game. He sure did. I'm, I'm, I'm so, so pleased with, with with pass pro so far it, it's been because there was an episode coming into the season where we we're both looking at the offensive line going oh boy you know can yeah. can, it, can it ever just kind of all come together for us you know if it's if it's this then it's not that you know if it's if it's receivers then we don't have the quarterback or, or you know what whatever it is but mm -hmm. hey man Spragans is gonna make some money on Sundays he sure is he's playing that way um, Carvin, I feel like, has been, for the most part, his same solid self. Mincy, why does Florida let a guy like Gerald Mincy leave? Well, you know what? That's what funny, are you doing? That's funny that you say that because I've, I've gone back and seen some highlights, and uh, I, I wasn't all that impressed with Mincy. He – go go back and watch it. Listeners, go back and watch it. Just, just tell me if I'm off on this. I just – I don't know. It felt like a little disappointing, I guess, from Mincy. And there was that one occasion where – we thought he was going to lose his cool. Was that Mincy? Drawing a blank here. Um, it might have actually – are you talking about when they pushed us back into the end zone? Yes. I think that might have been Carvin, but don't okay. quote me on that. Okay. Don't well, quote me. Overall, as a unit, man, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased because, you know, Florida's got some dudes 
in uh, up front and Britton Cox and and we held oh what's his name Desmond Watson you know yeah I, um do I dare say on the internet what I called him in the stadium can I do it <laughs> I think you could do it <laughs> I so bad wanted to start an Aunt Jemima chant every time he <laughs> <laughs> every time he that boy that boy is is he's cake man dude he can you imagine trying to feed that dude oh like my a, gosh. anybody that size that's a growing young man could you imagine trying to feed that dude <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness mr kodiak cake himself uh, my, <laughs> anyway so great performance i thought out out of off, off, offensive line and that's coming from pass pro and run game, you know, that there wasn't a ton of running lanes there. You know, we had to bounce some stuff and I'm pretty sure Jabari Small's run was because it was bounced. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know, I know Jalen Wright's touchdown was because it was bounced, mm-hmm. but you know what? We accounted for 300 and nope, 227 yards rushing. And I, and I thought this would be a game where the trend of whoever runs best or who, frankly, whoever, wins the rushing contest whoever mm-hmm. wins that battle wins the game mm-hmm. i thought this would be a game where that was broken because i expected tennessee to win but i definitely didn't expect tennessee to win the rushing battle because florida's ran it well and because their quarterback has that ability as well um but yeah man credit to the offensive line for kind of doing maybe what the defense we would like to see out of them is doing just enough the running backs capitalized Hendon certainly capitalized um yeah overall good performance from those guys yeah yeah, well, you said it, so let's go there. Hendon is that dude. Listen, he is, he is catching so much uh, attention coming out of this Florida game, and I think what is not getting enough talk because everybody's talking about his 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 getting out of pressure and breaking a long run. Everybody is talking about his placement of balls. I don't hear anybody talking about that completion percentage. He was twenty two for twenty eight. 22 for 28 in the Tennessee Florida game. I mean, Dobbs had a couple great games against Florida, but I'm betting it didn't look like 22 for 28. Listen, dude, two incompletions in the second half. Two oh, incompletions wow. in the second half. I didn't know that. Holy cow. Only had six for the game, two in the second half. That is how do you do that? Like that's so good. Well, I'm not sh- and I'm not sure what what point we started to slow down that offense. But we slowed it down. We got out of our mojo. We got out of the things that we like to do, and Hendon was still Hendon. Agreed. He was still <laughs> executing. And I think, uh, like, it's this is going to be an, a semi-obvious statement, but he played his best game in terms of not having those high throws, you know, throwing the ball on time, hitting guys more in stride than he has to this point of the season. Um, and let's just say this as well. Um, you and I both thought that ball to Ramel Keaton was overthrown. And, frankly – Keaton did have to – I mean, if he catches that in stride, he may score on that play. Oh, yeah. But we both thought it was overthrown. Mm-hmm. Um, but he didn't have those overthrows and those high throws that he's had this year. And let's also acknowledge that he had a couple drops. I mean, yeah. it could have been better than 22 of 28. Mm-hmm. That is – that's just territory that guys don't approach consistently at all. Yeah. So, fantastic game. Um, in order to receive any Heisman talk, he had to have a big game against Florida. He did have a big game against Pitt, but you can't have a loss or especially have the team lose because of you against the Florida when Tennessee's supposed to win. I mean, he's earning the talk, and hearing what I've heard about him, 
he doesn't like that attention. So I don't think it's going to impact him negatively like it might go to other guys' heads. I mean, he's a seasoned vet. You know, he's been there. He's not ever had this level of success. But seasoned vet, ah, man, I hope he maintains this level of play and can end up in that Heisman conversation because Mm – he deserves it, frankly. I talked about not being able to put my love for him into words in the offseason. Mm-hmm. I'll never be able to put it into words after Saturday. <laughs> need you to write a book, boy. <laughs> I can do it right now. I'll start right now. <laughs> so, call me crazy. I'm going to make a statement. You tell me if you agree or not. Tillman being out turned out to be a really good thing for Hendon Hooker because he was targeted. Tillman was targeted 18 times against Pitt. We were snapping the ball. Hooker was looking to Tillman. Yeah. Where, where is he at? Right. Yep. Yep. And now Hooker's like, you know what? I'm that dude. Cedric, record this. Pull out your phone. <laughs> <laughs> Watch me whip and nay nay. I cannot believe I just said that joke. Okay. <laughs> so five catches for Brew, three for Ramel, five for Jalen, one for Jacob Warren, five for Princeton. Good for Princeton. And three for Jabari Small. Only accounting for two scores. But, man, I just – I don't – you know what? I can't, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so happy right now because I know it's been a long time since Jaron Gorontano's been here. But he – that dude left a, left, a, left, a, left a crimson stain. Right. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, Hen- and Hennon Hooker has covered a multitude of, of sins for, for us. He it, sure has. It makes me go like, okay, let's get the NCAA on the phone and say, what do we have to do? How much money do you want in order for us to get him back one more year? The dude's like 27 years old, right? He is old. He is <laughs> he's, old. He's 24, jokes aside, but yeah. what do we got to do to get him back? What a day by Hendon. And and everywhere you go, every podcast, every every Instagram post is is talking about Hendon, SEC offensive player of the week. But let me say this: if we come out on the losing end of this game, Hendon doesn't get that award. It's probably going to Anthony Richardson. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And again, you know, Richardson wasn't perfect. He capitalized on Tennessee's approach and their deficiencies where guys are lacking, where depth is lacking and talent is lacking, he capitalized. And had they won that game, he would be receiving that praise because he hadn't capitalized on anything to this point of the season except for running the ball and doing just barely enough as a passer to avoid some really bad losses. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But you know what? That's not what happened. (laughs) It's not what happened. Uh, You and I both crapped a brick when Florida got that onside kick. Matter of fact, yeah. I just want to tell everybody, I looked at you after their score, and I said, I think it's time to panic. And you said, not yet. And I'm going, I, th- I think it's time to panic. <laughs> I, <laughs> no, I that's could, facts. I could that's feel – I could feel – listen, it's it's just psychological at this point. It was in the air. I could feel the shift in the air. I'm going, they're about to get this onside kick. I can feel it. I can feel it. And thank the Lord God Almighty that you cannot advance an onside kick. Absolutely. I mean, we did bring him down, but that field position was clutch. Oh, right. I mean, yeah. truly, especially as much room as we were giving them. And yeah, you thought it was time to panic as they scored that touchdown. Me having watched their previous onside attempt, I was like, nah, dog, it's not time. Then they execute it perfectly. They one hand snag it just for the extra level of like, 
look at us. This is how we win these games against y'all. Mm-hmm. And I, I think one reason that I'm maybe not as critical as I probably would have been all of my life up to this point mm-hmm. about the defense is because those things happened. Mm-hmm. Richardson rose to the level of this game, played his best game by far. Mm-hmm. And the voodoo happened at the end, but Tennessee came out on top. Yeah. You know, absolutely. that that voodoo wasn't required in 2016 because Tennessee came back and didn't really leave any doubt mm-hmm. by the time that game was over. But the voodoo happened on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's year two of Hopple, and it's just it feels like it's way too soon to be beating Florida over the <laughs> the course of our downfall. But yeah. the voodoo happened, and we won. And I think if you know that's just part of the reason I think I'm not as uh, you know fire them all on defense. <laughs> if there was a curse, it was broken because we were able to overcome the touchdown, the onside kick, and avoiding the hail mary. You and you know what. I believe it was Tyler Barron who needs to be credited for that last play where Kamal Haddon makes the pick. Kamal Haddon did not make that play. All right. All no, he's got to all, all he's got to do is bat the ball down. I'm pretty sure it was Barron on that pressure who forced a throw that was short, right? Not even it wasn't yeah. even to the end zone and, and then and then picked off, which uh, the 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 inerrant throw is should be evident to everyone because the only 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 People in the area were orange jerseys when that ball was coming down. I believe it was Kamal Haddon, Christian Charles, and Trayvon Flowers, if I remember yep. right. There was, there's not even a Florida receiver on screen. Right. Not even close to where he wanted to throw that ball. So, anyway, all that said, if there was a curse, it's broken. All right, let's, let's, let's cap this whole thing off by talking special teams for a second. You and I, coming into this game, said we're going to have to fix the special teams unit, right, the, or the punting unit. Well, yes, absolutely. Well, we didn't punt. <laughs> yeah, we fixed it. I mean, what do you know? Just that's the trick. Don't punt. Don't punt. We didn't. We didn't. We didn't punt. So therefore, it's fixed. However, um, I'm hoping that we're going to spend some time in onside kick, right? Definitely. Don't uh, love the approach of kind of having one designated guy to receive the ball. Um, and and I understand the strategy there. I do because you're supposed to pick those guys up that are coming from Florida. Mm-hmm. But a perfect bounce, you know, you don't pick the guy up. Don't let this happen again because, right. yeah, the, the yeah we we exercise some demons. We won all against all odds against the voodoo, but mm-hmm. don't don't do that again. Like, yeah. there's no need for it to be that that way consistently. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Chase McGrath, you know, uh, it's debated on whether we should have kicked that. I think it would have been a 51 yard attempt. Agreed. You know, and and, and I'm hearing some people say, well, he knocked one down at Pitt. I've thought a lot about that since you and I were in the stadium because this was a conversation that you and I are having on the spot going. Should we kick this Real time. Go, you know, what do you do? I don't know. What do you do? Like, you know, <laughs> we're, we're, we're rolling dice. We're, we're, we're playing paper, rock, scissors. <laughs> he is two for six from beyond 45 this year. Okay, so I'm, I got to think that Hopple's going, uh, maybe not. Yeah. But at the same time, you go, oh, he did it at Pitt. Yeah. In hindsight – are you in agreement with it? I mean, with you, going for it? Yeah. I still am overall, and it's not as much about the kicker as it is the distance of the kick where on, you know, on 45, 50 plus, you're kicking a lower ball because you've got to give it, you've got to give it the, the freaking power and the trajectory to make the, to the uprights. Mm-hmm. If Florida blocks that kick, if you even give them, any semblance of hope to blocking that kick, a low kick, just having the opportunity. I'm avoiding that in that scenario. So for me, my order of operations was you go for it because your offense has been working and 
we ran the same play that Bruce scored on there before half with Hyatt coming in motion, kind of like a veerish motion, and guys flooding the other side of the field in with various different routes. I don't know that I love that play call there. It was it was fine. I don't have a huge issue with it. Then I think my second order of option, I think we talked about this, is either a pooch punt from the quarterback or, heck, run the punt team out there. Nobody gets through. You're absolutely just trying to cough and corner it, make them drive the field. And then my third order of operations, if I absolutely have to, is to kick that field goal. And I just don't love it because of the low trajectory, things that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And and I'm not sure if it's this season or career, but McGrath is like two for six, like you said, over 50 yards or over 45 yards. So not ideal. Don't love the idea of kicking under any circumstances there. And that's kind of why I had that order of operations that we talked about. Okay. So it sounds like you're pretty much in agreement. How, how are you going to – grade this this coaching performance out of Hypel. I, I I don't think you need to say anything about banks. It is let's just talk about game management on on Hypel's end. The game management, I I like it because you slow the tempo down, you make Florida use their timeouts. They still executed after that. That's fine. But you slow down, you avoided the tempo because the worst thing you could have done is hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Florida uses their timeouts, they get the stop, and they have the extra time. Mm-hmm. So you make you run the clock, you almost executed it. I mean, you truly did. It was close. Mm-hmm. You almost pulled it off to where you got the if, – if they get that first down, they ice the game away. Mm-hmm. So, I, again, I'm okay with it. I'm, I'm not giving it anything lower than, like, a B minus or a B, mm-hmm. especially if I'm considering that moment, that fourth down. That's just where I'm at. Um, because, and, and maybe it's selfishly because that's kind of what I would have done, but I'm okay with slowing the tempo down because the absolute worst thing you can do there is to go quick and not succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, the only argument against it is that your offense worked all day. So why not just keep running it? But I mean, heck you, you made Florida use the time you took, you took all the time possible mm-hmm. without Agreed. gaining the first down. Yeah. I think it boils down to hypo looking at, at looking at the situation saying, you know what? I trust my quarterback. I, I agree. I agree. So yeah. now Napier on the other end, some very suspect decisions, you know, aside from just losing his cool, which they ended up paying a price for a little bit. You know, who yeah. knows how that would have unfolded if we don't get a fresh set of downs there. But his decision to go for two twice, <sighs> I, I, I'm, I'm not, it, that screamed Butch Jones to me. It really, yeah, did. it was. It was like the opposite Butch Jones where he doesn't know what to do or he's not trusting his chart if he yeah. has such a chart. Because I know coaches <laughs> do have those things. Don't get me wrong. Right. But it's like he – I think he got hung up in aggression mode or something, man. Truly, like, I think his brain just kind of broke there because his explanation, if you go listen to it, I do not agree with. Like, extend the game. Take the game to overtime. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I think they had to go for two the second time in order mm-hmm. to make it a field goal game, um, which they did not do. They did not execute. But that first two-point conversion was just, to me, egregious. I don't care what your explanation is mm-hmm. because the sensible thing is Tennessee's defense is not playing well. Extend mm-hmm. this game. If you have to win it in overtime, you've at least given yourself the opportunity to do that. So mm-hmm. you just can't explain that one to me by playing the analytics of, hey, we're a road underdog. The chances of winning in overtime are not great, dude. The chances of going for two twice and not getting it, I mean, you just solidified that kind of. 
Yeah, let me, let me have you let me have you continue on this just for a second. Let me let me let me flip the script just a little bit. Let's let's say that 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 we are Florida fans, okay? And everything unfolded the way that he did and then he comes into his presser backing his decision saying you know what i'm or what however he worded it. he didn't say it is what it is he said said something along the lines of you know we're gonna live with it yada 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 he it's not like he took responsibility for it he stood by the decision yeah he doubled down on it. it yeah he doubled down on it are you if you're a florida fan are you going shut up are you kidding are you are you pissed yeah, dude, I don't want to hear it if I'm a Florida fan. And and the other thing I'll add is I said this to you. I'm not sure if you'll remember, but I said, is he trying to win it in regulation? And I think he was. You can't tell me that he wasn't. I think he was trying to win the game in regulation, and heck, it almost worked without executing those. But if I'm a Florida fan, dude, I'm saying you just you created the hardest path possible for us to win this game mm-hmm. because time is against you. Your defense is against you. Yeah, they got the stop in the end, but – all the factors are against you, mm-hmm. and you just play those odds mm-hmm. against the team that we beat because Florida fans don't – they don't look at this like a, like the rivalry that it has always been. Mm-hmm. They, they see Tennessee as a team that they beat, and they have. Yeah. And you're telling me that I'm, I'm supposed to be okay with your explanation of why you did that? I'm not having it. Um, and in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, we, we barely beat USF. They had to help us do that. We lose to Kentucky at home. That's something we also just don't do re- until recently. Mm-hmm. And then he does that on the road in Knoxville, a team we've beat time after time. Mm-hmm. I can't live with that. I'm not happy about that. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm 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 in disagreement because and and I know that hindsight is 2020. But if you just kick the field goal, if you take the two points there, uh, the two extra points, sorry, then you you go from having to throw a hail mary to kicking a field goal. To, to taking this in overtime, but so you you nailed it. You're spot on. So uh, anyway, if I'm a Florida fan, I'm like, wow, thanks, man, because at least come out and say, hey, maybe that wasn't the best decision. You know, Agreed. again, again, hindsight's twenty twenty. I made the decision. We're gonna have to live with it. I, I just don't love the way that he doubled down on it. But hey, let me yeah, throw. And, it, let me, oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. And I was just gonna say that's the coach's personality. Um, is is to trust their instincts, and they they do. They are confident maybe even arrogant people most of the times they're going to go with their gut. They're usually not going to, a lot of coaches are not great at taking the blame and taking fault. So I understand it. I hate it though. If I'm a Florida fan. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, Hey, let me, uh, let's end the show. (laughs) I'm going to throw some, throw some stuff at you, man, that I just, I can't, I can't not share with our listeners coming out of this game into this week. Balls now lead the nation in total yards per game with 559. We are leading the nation. Leading the Unbelievable. nation. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Again, you're going to see my, my body on OnlyFans. It's coming. <laughs> Check this out. The Vols have not been ranked inside the top eight since 2006. 2006. This, oh gosh, I cannot believe I'm about to say this. Do you know where I'm going with this? I don't yet. This was also the last time that Tennessee beat Alabama. Oh, yes, I have heard that now that you mentioned it. Yeah. Um, and I, listen, I'm so excited to – like, yeah, the bye week is needed for Tennessee. Like, get Cedric as healthy as you can. Get Jabari Small as healthy as you can. Everybody else that's dinged and ended after being a warrior on Saturday, mm-hmm. get them as healthy and as rested as you can. But, like, oh, I wish we had a game this week, dude. Yeah. But – 
again, the bye week comes at a good time. Having eight yes. games after the bye, not great. But, you know, yeah. the schedule does lighten up there when it really will start wearing on us. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, I'm so excited to talk about this LSU and Alabama game in the coming podcasts for us. Mm-hmm. Um, to do what they've done, man, in not even two years, not even being on, on the job for two years in their mm-hmm. second season, there's just – there's no way that I could give them enough credit for that because of what they lost, what they were up against, uh, the potential cloud of the NCAA, the quarterback situation, the depth situation. I mean, there's just there's no way to give them enough credit. Mm-hmm. If they con- continue on this trajectory, Hopple will walk away with coach of the year if they pull off a nine and three or a ten and two. I mean, and and let me also say this: that game Saturday, that win against Florida, boy, that sets you up for a floor of eight and four. I think that floor has moved up. I think that floor, I agree. Is, that floor is now nine and three. I agree. I mean, there's no way unless the rails fall off that you miss eight and four, but nine and three is very, very real right now. Mm-hmm. And if you beat Kentucky and LSU, you're giving yourself every chance for 10, 11 wins. If you pull one upset, but 10 and two, if you just lose the games you're expected to lose. And I mean, I, there's again, like I couldn't express my love for Hendon Hooker in the offseason, there's just no way to express how insane that is mm-hmm. everyone's saying it it's not just us it's i don't know how they're doing it yeah. because it was a just disaster a tire fire when they walked into it and they are doing things quickly with dudes that weren't very successful in their careers to this point absolutely cedric Tillman says hello right says hello and i got one thing i want to throw at you before we wrap this up Okay. Coming into this, coming into this game a week ago, you text me and told me that Florida, and we talked about it, had 10 plays of 20 yards on the season coming into the game. And we had 20 plays of 20 yards or more coming into the game. Mm-hmm. This is something because because of that conversation we had that I'm going to be now keeping track of. I'll heck, I'll probably look at before our LSU podcast, I'll probably look and see how many they've had on the year. Okay. Because it's just fascinating to me. Well, in this game, like I said, 20 for Tennessee coming in, 10 for Florida, plays of 20 yards or more coming into this game. Florida had eight in this game. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All pass plays. Now, both teams had – if you look – if you were to lower this down to, like, 14, 16 yards, dude, it it, it would approach, like, 20-plus <laughs> plays in this game by both teams. I mean, yeah. there were so many 14, 16-yard plays in this game. Tennessee had six plays of 20 mm. yards or more in this game. Uh, all of Florida's were via the pass. Their longest run was, like, 14 or 16 yards. Um and like, like I said, Tennessee had six, four in the air, two on the ground, both uh, one by Hendon, one by Jabari. So that's a thing that I'll be looking into all season long. That's a fascinating well, conversation for me. Well, the rest of the world is going to hold you to your job now. All right. I'm actually not done. I've got, I've got more stuff to throw at you. You ready for this? My bad. <laughs> you're good. No, you're good. In the year 2022, this is, this is celebratory stuff, okay? In the year 2022, Tennessee baseball, Tennessee basketball, and football, are a combined six and zero oh against Florida. It's it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Check this it's out. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> Hendon Hooker is the second quarterback in Vol history. All right, do you know where this is going? To record a game of three hundred plus passing yards and a hundred plus rushing yards, joining Joshua Dobbs. Beautiful man. Like, listen. If if you're annoyed with us at this point, if you're listening, shut up. <laughs> this is only this, you better this, pray that the rails fall off because it's going to get worse 
<laughs> well, I mean, just let it, let us celebrate. If you're not a if you're not a Tennessee fan, you might just want to go ahead and shut us off at this point. One last <laughs> thing that I want to share: Josh Heupel is the first Balls head coach to have three wins. Have you have you heard this one? Not sure three, yet. Three wins over uh, top twenty opponents in his first seventeen games since Philip Bulmer. My man, my dude. my freaking man, dude. So Dooley never beat Florida, right? Butch took him year four years, year four, year four, and Pruitt never did it. Pruitt never got close. Pruitt got closer to beating Alabama than he right. did beating Florida. Um, and again, Mullen Pruitt, two different dudes that their careers ran alongside each other at their respective schools. Mm-hmm. Hopple in year two, it just doesn't. Because of how far we've fallen, it didn't seem possible, even though it was expected to happen. It didn't seem possible. Um, and dude, so freaking excited to see where this goes. Absolutely. I'm gonna say one thing and we're gonna close the show. You made a remark about this rivalry, this Tennessee Florida rivalry, and how Florida fans just don't see it this way. You know what? I think that is still okay to say. Agreed. We are going to have to go do down to Gainesville and pull out a win at some point. We're going to have to do more than once, beat them more than once in order to say, okay, this is a rivalry again. If a Florida fans wants to say this is not a rivalry, I am still going to have to throw my hands up and say, yeah, I think you're right. You're right. Yep. Yeah. Even, even after this win, because even though it was a win, even though it was fantastic for Tennessee fans, it almost fell apart. But it didn't fall apart, and we're going to have to get us one in Gainesville. The last time that we've won a game in Gainesville, I believe, is 2001. It's either 01 or 03, and I'm pretty I think sure. it's 03, but it – I think it's 03. Okay. But for sure 01, but I do believe it might be 03. Okay, well, I can, I can tell you how – I can tell you a play inside of that game. Uh, There's a Hail Mary from Casey to James Banks. We definitely won in 03 then, if that because I was wondering when that Hail Mary was and okay. we won that game. So. Okay. Well, anyway, it's been a really, really long time. Well, hey, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up Tennessee, Florida. Celebrate with us. You know the best way that they can celebrate, Mike? They can hit the share button, they can hit Absolutely. the follow button, they can they can they can tell their mamas and their daddies, they can say, Hey, listen, Dan and Mike, they you want your ears tickled? You need to go listen to Pandemonium Range. Hey, the show is growing. We're, we're, we're well over, you know, I believe it's even 600. Pandemonium Rain. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. This is Pandemonium Rain. Balls here. Beat Florida Davis 38 33. Celebrate it while you can. Because LSU is waiting. Hope you guys have a fantastic week. Love you guys. Love you. Pandemonium Rain. Thank you.